The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Solved. I'm so happy you're here with me today. So today I am speaking with Margot Zayer. She is an empowerment coach, relationship expert, and best-selling author. I'm looking at her website right now, and she has this quote that is so amazing, and it's going to sum up this interview. She says, I'm thankful for all the gifts life has given me, even if some of these have first appeared to be losses. You don't want to miss this interview. Hello, Margo. How are you today? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I love meeting new people this way. And uh, yeah, it's really great. So we were chatting briefly before we started recording this. And Happiness Solved is all about, you know, throwing stories out there of just real life people, you know, people from all walks of life. And because we all have been through something. And I feel like I want to just put those stories out there because it just demonstrates that no matter what you go through, no matter how bad it was at the time, we can always get back to that place of peace and happiness and and be at peace with whatever it was that disrupted your life. So do you have one of those stories? I do, and I would love to share it today. It's the story about the demise of my marriage. And so my ex-husband met a woman, and he fell in love with her, basically, through a course of a lot of experiences. And he invited me to actually sort of be part of this relationship. (laughs) I, I experimented a little with it, and I found that it was definitely not something I wanted to be part of. So I went through this very intense experience where I was devastated by the fact that my ex-husband, my husband at the time, was in love with someone else and he did no longer wanted to be with me. I became very desperate. I tried lots of things to try to save the marriage. I tried, you know, going to therapy. I tried a ton of stuff and my self-esteem plummeted. I, I was I thought we had been such a good couple. And so what eventually ended up happening is that he uh, decided to move to Hawaii with this other woman. And he invited me along, which is also kind of strange. Like he, he wasn't able to respect the fact that I wanted to have a monogamous relationship. He wanted to somehow bring me into it. Oh, wow. And I know, really intense, right? Yeah. <laughs> And so I had to get really strong and ask him for a divorce, basically, and drive him to the courthouse to get divorced. (laughs) That's so surprising. I mean, what was his rationale that, you know, I want my cake and eat it too, obviously, but how did he explain that to you? Well, he, he went to this place of, 
you know, there's plenty of love in the world and you just don't understand, you don't understand that yet. You haven't evolved to that level. Honestly, that's kind of where he was. We can all be together. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of this relationship. I Wow. That's kind of bold. <laughs> right. It was kind of crazy. I mean, you know, the, the very beginning to back up a little to be, I want to be totally honest and authentic with everyone is that. He had had a conversation with me about opening up our relationship and, and trying to have, you know, more of a polyamorous experience. And at that time when he met her, I was afraid of losing him. So I was willing to, to try it out a little bit. And this is where I realized I was kind of giving myself up slightly. I was like, okay, well, let's try this out. Let's do this. We set up some guidelines, some rules. And soon I discovered that that wasn't being followed. In fact, I even sort of experimented in, in having sort of a, a relationship there with them, like it's kind of a three-way relationship, to be really honest, for just a little bit. And I and I knew that it wasn't for me. And I was like, you know, I can't be a part of this. And part of our agreement had been, if I'm not okay with this experience, this experimentation, then we will, you will end it with this woman. We will end it. We'll go back to being in a you know more traditional marriage in a monogamous relationship. And when I told him that I wasn't okay, he, with this, he said, I can't do that. I'm completely in love with her and I can never close that door again. Wow. So now during this time, was he also telling you that he loved you or where was, yeah. where was that left? Uh, you know, basically he said, well, he, he loved me. He realized the confines of marriage were not for him. And so he had started kind of breaking down and saying, I don't really want to be in this relationship. So like, I don't want to be in a committed relationship like this. I want to be free. So it left me in a really hard place. One is that I, I, my self-esteem really plummeted because I, I was like, well, why does he want to continue with me? What's wrong with me? And I think I went through this, this real intense kind of victimhood place, honestly. Well, of course you like, would. <laughs> right? that's, that's where our brain goes. I mean, isn't that like how totally. our, our ego protects us? Totally. I mean, we go yeah. into this, like, woe is me. I can't believe this is happening to me kind of place. And I, I didn't know what to do. So I, I struggled with trying to, trying to be understanding because, and trying to, trying to understand his point of view. And at the same time, needing to stand up for my own needs and wants and as the months grew, you know, as the months came, passed by, I grew stronger and stronger. And like, I cannot be a part of this. I, I'm not okay with this. And so my strength started coming. And then that's when I had to ask for the divorce. Because he really had thought somehow that he could make me also want to be a part of this experience. It's weird. But that's <laughs> what happened. Wow. So it was devastating on a lot of levels, not just um, the fact that, I lost my husband, but also the fact that we had been, we had a, a business together, an online business, and we were, we had, you know, 17,000 followers. We were really well known at the time. And um, that whole business, of course, kind of went up in flames too. So I just, it, I was very lost. So what I, what I ended up doing was, well, one thing that happened to me is I decided that I was going to really allow myself to grieve every single day. Good. Good for you. I went on this like grieving pilgrimage. I don't know. 
what I'm calling it exactly that. And I went on a walk with my dog every single morning. And in that walk, I would allow myself to cry and say, what are you really feeling about this? Let yourself just be in it. So my secret to actually moving through this was allowing myself to embrace the grief because I had already learned the secret of embracing intense emotions. So I just allowed myself to feel it completely. Like every day I'm like, okay, what's in here? Is there more grief? What's there? And I just really went into it. So as those months went by of me grieving, I, I grew stronger and I was able to let go of some of the things that had happened was that I had this idealized vision of what our relationship could be. And I had to grieve more of the future vision I'd had of it, the dreams that we had held together. And I think that was the hardest thing I had. We had actually planned ourselves to move to Hawaii and instead he moved there with another woman. So that also was very devastating to my heart because I had been so looking forward to creating a new life there. Wow. Wow. So you mentioned briefly that you had dealt with intense grief previously or previous to this. What was that that you went through? Well, that prepared you for this. <laughs> yeah. It's not exactly intense grief. It was more handling intense emotion like fear because um, I had already gone through being trained as a hypnotherapist. I'm a certified hypnotherapist and EMDR facilitator. I had already done a lot of inner work where I had faced some intense fear in my life. And I had learned through this processing how important it is to just face the energy and let it move through you and these different techniques to, to do that. And so I, I sort of applied the work I'd done around fear because I had some very intense um, experiences around fear when I was younger. Like the Ku Klux Klan came to our front yard and <laughs> created oh a bonfire and shot BB guns at our house. Things like that. Oh my so gosh. I, I'd done some intense clearing around fear. And I knew that protocol to sort of help myself move into the grief, which was just really being in the feeling in my body and not getting too much into the story, just letting the feeling pass through and letting myself weep and really being like, okay, this is okay, and not push it away. Because when you push something away, it actually tends to stay there, kind of stuck in your energy field, because it really wants to move through you. Oh, yeah, I've been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, well, good for you. Good for you. So you said that you had to drive him to the courthouse. <laughs> so he was really that resistant to actually signing off on the papers? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. I mean, eventually I sat down with him and we filled out the papers. I said, I'm going to fill this out for you. I literally filled out the form and, I, and he signed it. And I said, I think we're going to have to go together to the courthouse. He's like, yeah, I might not. I just don't know if I want to go at all. And I'm, but if you really you know, insist, I'll get in the car with you. And that's basically how it happened. <laughs> um, he was he really really had this vision that was different than mine and I had to learn to stand in my power with it so I want to add a different part of this Andy because what happened to me too was I I had a realization the thing that started coming up for me during these I would say months and years after the end of the relationship was that I had actually called in this woman into the relationship hmm. because earlier yeah it gets earlier in that same year we're, we're about eight months prior to him meeting her I had actually had this big moment an epiphany 
that had come over me, um, where I realized that there um, were things about the relationship that actually weren't okay with me, that I had been pretending. And I remembered just looking up at the sky and saying, hey, universe, grace, I called grace kind of God, like, hey, I need I need some support here. I need to figure out a way where I can really get my needs met in this relationship. I need help. And there has been this calling. I like called it out. I need help. I need to figure out a different way of being here. Because what I discovered about myself is that while the relationship looked perfect, it was because I was making it perfect. I was showing up in such a way that wasn't 100% authentic. I wasn't getting my needs met. I wasn't getting all my what I really needed to be met. I wasn't meeting on an authentic, intimate level. I was doing what he really wanted. Okay. So he had had the power, quote unquote. We were not in an equal way of, of relating. And that's why it was working, right? Yeah. So once I called in this energy of like, you know, I something has to change here. Something's not working. And I really believe that was sort of the beginning. I mean, that's kind of how I, I see it. So then that's what enabled me to get to this level of gratitude because after it started, after it unwound, I really got how I hadn't been my authentic self in the relationship. I really got how I needed to leave the relationship, but I didn't have quite the guts to do it on my own. And so I needed a catalyst. And this woman, the other woman was the catalyst Sure, that blew apart the relationship. And I am actually so grateful that that happened. I mean, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me, honestly as far as a relationship goes. Well, and and if you can get to the other side of it and find the gratitude in it and and recognize that, so more power to you. It always is. It's always for the best, for sure. Totally. Yeah. And I think what I realized is even in that time, fortunately, I had been doing quite a bit of, I had a, a good support team and I had been in, uh, I would say, a personal development workshop when most of this was happening. <laughs> so... I had an inkling. I knew there was something in this for me. I knew that I would emerge stronger. So that also helped me kind of this knowing that, okay, I'm going to be okay. And so I was sort of searching for the gifts. Like, okay, where are these gifts? And I kind of recommend that to others. Like, where are the gifts? What is good about this? Instead of being completely, oh, there's nothing good. I mean, I've lost all this stuff. And of course we have to grieve. The other side is look at, okay, you know, what are the gifts here? And so for me, the gift was learning to finally be okay being alone, you know, learning to face what I needed to face to find myself and really stand in my power and figure out what I really wanted in a relationship so that I can manifest that. What a blessing, you know, at the end of the day. Totally. That is such a blessing because many people will spend years, if not decades, in resentment toward their partner that left them. And I love that you chose to put yourself first and, you know, went through the process, you know, because of your training and whatnot, you know, not everybody has that toolbox, Mm -hmm. if you will, to know that you have to go through it. But, you know, thank goodness you did. And I love that you said that, you know, you were able to recognize your part in it and that you asked for help. And that woman was the catalyst because quite frankly, and I think it's, I've just seen this so often that women need a little bit of a nudge to get out of a, of an, out of a marriage, right? It's so yeah. hard to do it on your own. Totally. I really did need her to come in. And I was so angry the fact that she did. And of course. I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, 
Yeah. And you don't see it right away. We never see the silver lining when you're faced with no. something that's devastating to us. You're not capable. And and you and you certainly don't want to even tell anybody, oh, when one door closes, another one opens. No, you can't. You can't tell people that because they have to go through that that grieving process in their own time. But yeah. uh, But there always is. There's always a silver lining for sure. For sure. I want to go back to what you said about forgiveness, because I believe that that is so key to being able to go to a place to really be able to embrace a place of gratitude is that forgiveness is really like a door, a doorway. And so that was what happened to me naturally after doing a lot of this grieving process is that, and when I was well, able to see the gifts is that I did get to that forgiveness. And there's a couple levels of forgiveness. Well, obviously forgiving the other woman, right? Forgiving my ex-husband. And then most of all, forgiving myself. Yep. Because exactly. I had been doing a lot of beating myself up. I have to admit during that period of time, like, Oh, if I had only been this way, then this would have happened. If I had been a, better wife if I had been sexier if I'd get whatever given him more of what he needed and then I beat myself up for getting so upset at the other woman like wow that wasn't very spiritual of you for wanting to yell at her you know but again you were that's that's just where we naturally go to right we're you know we're human and and this maybe this maybe I had a conversation with a friend of mine I just want to throw this in there and see what yeah. your thoughts are I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and and I was like, yeah, you know, you know, I see this person doing that. And I'm like, why isn't that me? You know, why why am I not the one doing this that this person can do? Because I know I can do it, right? Mm-hmm. And then I go, yeah, but you know what? Sometimes, you know, I, I'm harder myself. I'm human. And he's like, I'm going to stop you right there. He's another life coach. And he's like, <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. Because at the end of the day, if you just say you're human, that's just another excuse. Because we're really divine, you know, divine mm-hmm. entities or whatever, whatever, however you want to you know, look at it, whatever you believe. I'm not going to put words in people's mouths. But essentially what he was saying is that, you know, I'm a divine being having a human experience. And he goes, mm-hmm. and I just get so tired of people saying that you're human. But but it is, right? <laughs> because when we go to those places, we're not a spiritual divine person. Mm-hmm. We are, we're perfectly human, right? So what are, yeah. what is your take on that? Well, I so agree with you. I believe that emotions are a natural and good part about being human. I mean, we need these emotions. They're here for a reason. And even the intense, quote unquote, negative emotions, the ones we're trying to avoid, the fear, the anger, the grief, they all have value. They all are here for a reason. And we need to, I think, embrace all of our emotions and be able to accept that as part of who we are. And it's pushing those away and and hiding out and pretending we don't have those emotions that actually creates chaos, that creates people who, quote unquote, go off the deep end. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, and do crazy things. It's that if you can go into your emotion, embrace it and really acknowledge that, hey, I have this emotion then you actually are empowered in that experience and that relationship. It's okay to feel anger. And I agree with you. It's a hundred percent natural for me to have felt anger. This is where I am now. I think in that moment, many years ago, because this is quite a few years ago, I of course had this lens, right. That I was looking through like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm so out of control because I never experienced anything so intense in my life. Right. Losing someone you love 
and at the same time being pushed away in this kind of comparison, like, well, she's sexier than you. She's that way. She's this way. As I heard a lot of those kind of comparisons is really intense when you're being put down at the same time. Of course. (laughs) Right. So it's natural. Like I think it's normal and it's okay to feel that way. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I feel like you have to, if you're not going through it, then you're not going to be able to get to the other side truly. Because like you said, you started out saying when you push it down, you know, it's just creating more of that. And and you're, you have to go through those intense feelings in order to be able to forgive, in order to be able to, you know, express gratitude around the situation. I, I so agree. One of the things that I remind my clients and I had to remind myself too that year <laughs> was that it takes as long as it takes. Like there's this thing about trying to hurry up this process. I think our society tends to be in a big hurry to get things done, to move on, to get to the next step. But I think grieving, letting go of the past, feeling pain, all of that, and working through those painful experiences takes as long as it takes. Yep. And you can't speed it up. You can do it in healthier ways. I mean, ways that allow you to move through it perhaps with more grace. Still, I think that the grieving process is simply the grieving process. Yeah, for sure. And forgiveness is like that as well. And, you know, sometimes, especially in in your situation, you may have to practice forgiveness and work on that forgiveness of him and her multiple times a day, you know, and then it it may come up again. And you'd be like, okay, you know, I, I still am holding on to something and I have to, you know, keep practicing that, keep practicing it until you can get to a, a true place of peace in your heart surrounding the situation. Oh, that, that is so true, Sandy. That's exactly how I experienced it. I'm, I had like partial moments of forgiveness. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a sense of forgiveness here. And then the next day, it would be gone again. And then it would come back. And so I worked through for levels of forgiveness, I think, over those months. Until one day, it was so real and apparent that I literally had this huge heart opening experience where I was able to see the other woman in my mind, first of all, like, wow, thank you for coming into my life. Like it was genuine, not just forgiveness, but I had gone to gratitude. And that's why I actually initiated a phone call with her and told her that I was thankful that she had done that because I thought that was the only way that I could completely close for, for me that negative energy loop and just say, okay, we're done. I, I thank you for coming into this experience and I'm complete with it kind of thing. How did she react? You know what? She actually, <laughs> this is so funny. She actually, one, was really obviously very touched by the fact that I was able to say that to her. The funny part is that she then decided I was almost like her her coach, her, her consultant. And she started asking me all these questions about like, oh my gosh, I'm having all these problems with your ex-husband. How do you think I should do this? And what about that? And so she just, you know, she sort of switched into this asking for advice mode. Wow. Isn't and that funny? Did you <laughs> give her advice? <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange experience. Um, I gave her a little, honestly. I was just like, okay. And then I reminded her, because I'm going to say another funny thing about this experience is I had actually had a conversation with her heart to heart in hopes of her obviously letting go of you know, her relationship with my ex-husband. 
I'd had a heart to heart with her. I'd sat down in a room and said, okay, if you do go forward with this relationship and I, you know, bow out, you know, my marriage ends, you are probably not going to be happy. And here are the reasons why just knowing who you are in your energy field. And I just thought I'd let you know, these are the things you might want to watch out for. So I had had this kind of really open hearted conversation with her and she just looked at me like, what are you saying? And so that's probably why she was like, oh, you're right. That's exactly what happened. Like, I kind of knew how what would happen for them, and that's what happened. They have quite a few challenges. <laughs> of course. Everybody does, every relationship. So anyway, it's, it's just funny the way it, it kind of went in full circle. And in the end, I was like, okay, I can let this go. Like, I just... And I made a conscious choice then, though, to, to also, I think it's important to set boundaries, one last thing, to stop that interaction with her, to just be like, I am, you know, I did a little bit of coaching and I said, I'm not here to, to do this. No, and of course not. End. Yeah, because that's, that's just, it's odd on many levels. It's <laughs> Let's so, just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wanted to, that's the thing I actually learned a lot about during this experience, too, for me, was the importance of setting boundaries. And that's where I think I had been pretty weak, very weak indeed. The whole thing about, you know, even the way that he, she was brought in, that I didn't set my boundaries. This is not okay with me. We can't do this. You know, I wasn't good at setting boundaries at that time. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah. how long ago did this happen? Oh, well, so <laughs> this all happened in 2008. Okay. So it's a lot of years have passed and the, the really cool thing on the other side, I mean, if you want to go to this, but is that I've now manifested my true soulmate and I'm in a really beautiful relationship that I totally adore and love and can totally show up as myself. It's just night and day. That's so, amazing. Yeah. And I share so. that I share that with you in that I was married to my ex for just shy of one month of 20 years when our divorce was final. So it was a very long time. And, and I had met him when I was 21 years old. But I, since then, it was, we were divorced for a couple of months when I met my current husband and I manifested him as well. And it's just a beautiful thing. And same here. I am me around him. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just a wonderful thing. And, and it can happen. Anybody out there listening, you can manifest that, that true, you know, perfect soulmate in your life. So now that we just talked about that, let's go there. So how did you manifest your current soulmate? <laughs> this is such... For me, it's a cool story. Um, well, first of all, I spent a lot of time really getting clear on what I wanted, which I think is important. Absolutely. Um, and then I switched my mentality from settling to sorting when I was dating. So that's something I work with my clients on too, is, you know, I was settling a lot. Oh, he, we're, we have these loving feelings. It's, it's hot, sexy, whatever. But I wasn't really sorting. Like, does this person really work for me energetically? So what happened is I had, so I had done all this sort of work on myself and I spent some time alone. I'd done some date, quite a bit of dating and I was in another long-term relationship where I learned some other things about myself and really showing up authentically. And then I had this um, really intense experience of letting go of some of the, um, I don't even know how to explain it. I, I just had a, this healing session that lasted many hours and a whole night where all, I just kind of felt like all this negative energy from past relationships was like pouring out of me. Like I was seeing them and I was releasing them. And it was this, it was a healer that had started it with me. But all of a sudden, like just the stuff was letting go. And I was crying and crying. And a lot of, I guess, everything that was left over was sort of 
kind of coming out. And I got this intense fever. And I had a fever. I was in bed for 12 days after that clearing. And I really believe it was related. Like I was just burning off kind of the remnants of these unhealthy relationship experiences. Wow. And yeah, and in the middle of that, well, about a week or so into it, I had been online doing online dating and I had reached out to connect with somebody months earlier who had never, who had not responded. Someone who I had looked into his eyes online and said, oh my gosh, I really want to connect with this person. Yet the connection not, had not happened. And during that time while I was in bed, I got back online and I, and I just looked at my profile. And the reason that this is kind of a big deal is I had decided I was not going to go back online and look at that profile because I was going away for eight weeks to Thailand. And I was like, I'm not going to start a new relationship. <laughs> I'm not going to try to date anybody. But I had this, like, I have to get online and look at this profile one more time before I... So I, I went online and I looked at the profile and he had, I mean, I looked up my profile and he had responded to me. And I was like, okay, this is, this, this is a man that I really wanted to meet finally like responds to me after I have this like crazy clearing and I felt like I was just going through the fire. So we, we end up meeting and going on five dates before I go to Thailand and the universe, well, we discovered in the fir- during the first date that we had actually known each other or we don't really remember each other back in junior high. We'd gone to the same junior high school. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> and I know. Isn't that funny? And then we we're like, oh, we don't really know each other. I mean, we, we probably didn't know each other at all. We just went to the same junior high because we couldn't remember each other. Right. And then when I'm in Thailand, I'm just fast forwarding a little bit. He sends me a picture of the front cover of his yearbook and I have signed it. My signature is on it. I've said, hey, you're a really cool guy. I hope to get to know you better. That's amazing. I love it. So, so we had that connection. And what the, the thing that I learned from this was that not to push the universe, not to trust, to trust the process. Because when I left, we realized that it was too early to jump into like a committed relationship. We had a beautiful chemistry and kind of the very beginning, I felt like, wow, this is unusual. Like, I really feel like I'm being met on all these levels, which is what I've been looking for. And I had to keep just opening and being like real and true to myself and being like, I am going on this trip. This is my truth to go away for eight weeks by myself to get my yoga teacher training to do this and that. And I'm just going to trust that whatever happens in this relationship is meant to be and not cling to the beginning of it. So I went away and it worked. The, you know, we were able to establish a connection, even though we were across the you know, world from each other and came back and ended up being in an intimate relationship with each other. That's moving in and everything. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So how long have you been together? So we've been together a couple of years. Fantastic. Yeah. Good for you. So that's kind of the fun manifestation story of it all. I love it. I love it. And and I tell people all the time that you you really can manifest, you know, that perfect person, but it's not but you have to you have to detach from any expectations of when it's going to happen. Totally. And something that's been true for me and what I've been looking and working with manifestation with my clients is that for me, the key is letting go of attachment in general, right, to what happening. Like you put out the intention, but you let go of the attachment. And what had happened to me, and I really believe it, 
was that I had so let go of attachment. I was like, I don't want to be in a relationship now. I don't need this. I'm totally fine. Like, I am done. You know, like, I was in such a state of peace in my being and not being attached. I think that that openness was allowed this to, to create itself. I've seen this happen a couple of times in my life. And that's exactly what happened with me because I, you know, wrote the list of what I, you know, what do I want in, in my next relationship? That was in March of 2011. I met my husband in June of 2012. And three weeks had went by when I ended one relationship. And I was like, I don't want to be in a relationship. I'm going to work on me. Sure enough, three weeks went by. I met my husband. <laughs> and, I was, and it was like, okay, it was, it was just perfect. I mean, we were just instantaneously. It was like love at first sight kind of thing and on, for both of us. But it was like, wow, I only had three weeks by myself. <laughs> but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I know. I said that kind of feels exactly like me. Like when I walked into the room and I and I saw my partner there, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like instantaneous. Like I felt like, wow, I know you. Wow, I yeah, I just so relaxed into that experience and just felt this instant connection. And I I knew that was possible, but I had never really experienced it to that level. No, I had neither. I had neither. And the interesting thing for with me is that I didn't even realize how broken my heart was until mm -hmm. a few years later. And he really helped me to heal my heart. And mm -hmm. it was just a beautiful thing that I didn't even realize. I had no mm -hmm. clue I was such a broken woman. You know, <laughs> I'm like, here, I, I'm a life coach. I've got it together, right? But no, I, I didn't at all. <laughs> I know that happens to us as life coaches. Right. I mean, <laughs> One of the things that was has been amazing for me is realizing how I can fully be myself with someone and how much of my life and relationships that I've I led with wearing these masks. I didn't even know to what level I was doing it before I was really in a true relationship where I could I could let down all the guards and feel completely safe. That that's been such an amazing gift for me. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. So you have one book out, and I saw on your website, you, one is going to be released. So tell us about those. Okay, so I have a book called The Golden Cage from Entrapment to Empowerment. And basically what that's about is how you find yourself in a cage that you build yourself out of fear. And yet it's golden. It has all these, like, it has prestige, maybe money, maybe comfort. And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling... Like this is looks so good from the outside, but really inside of you, you're miserable and unhappy and trapped and no, this is not for you. And so the book is about my experience of being in a golden cage actually with my in my marriage and how my marriage kind of exploded. It tells a lot about this, what we just discussed, and also my career cage that I was in. And then so it has my personal story combined with some techniques to help people get out of their own golden cages and fly free so that they can be fully empowered and really go for their heart's calling, what their heart really longs for. I love it. I love it. And then, yeah, your other book that's going to be released. So the other book is called Soul Love Tango. And it is about how to have a relationship that is not from the ego perspective, the ego type of like, oh, this is, this is all about me, my needs, my wants, and very um, ego-focused. And there's different kinds of ego styles that I go into in the book um, to what I call more of a soul-based relationship. 
one that's a more of a conscious way of relating. Um, and so there's a lot of techniques to like move from the kind of judgmental way of things, seeing things to the acceptance and I would say radical generosity with your partner, championing your partner, supporting, really being a support for your partner versus like, what can I get out of this? This is what I need. What about all my needs? It's not about giving up your needs, but it's also a certain focus on creating a conscious connection in a different way. I love that. And I love the radical generosity. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, that. I mean, that's the thing that I have come to. I mean, I just was just randomly saying that's not even in the book, but I mean, I might add it. I, I think um, you should. <laughs> I, I have been thinking something has happened to me over the last year. It's gotten really strong is this idea of how generous can I be with my partner how generous can I be with others? And can I push myself to more generosity? And it's just really opening up a lot. Like, you know, when I think, oh, I could do this for somebody. Could I do something even more generous? That would really make a difference for them. Anyway, it's a really fun experiment for me to look at how to keep my own boundaries, of course, but also look at this generosity. And um, what I noticed with my partner in particular is that every time I really, which is a lot, really stand up and support him in this in this way of like how can I really be here for him then I feel this just sort of this amazing heart opening experience I feel so much more connected like it opens connection even deeper to really be like wow how can I really be here for you what can I really do how can I really support you on the emotional levels what is what are you what's really going what's really going on with you and something I talk a lot about with my clients is this thing about curiosity, really getting curious about what's going on with your partner versus just thinking, you know, and I think that's another way of being generous is being curious and really inquisitive. Like what's really happening over there? What's going on? What do you really need? You know, anyway. Well, you know, but I think it also goes back to, you know, being of service to others, being Mm -hmm. kind to others. And, you know, there's nothing worse than having a conversation with somebody and it's all about them. And then you think, geez, we just talked for 30 minutes and they didn't even ask me how I'm doing, <laughs> right? Right. I, I know. I mean, that's so true. And I think with, with the whole thing that people have been very isolated in the last year or so, it's just that, that need for connection is even stronger. Yeah, well, need to without question. reach out. Right. Yeah, without question. I mean, I, I, I totally get that. I get it. So when is this book due to be released? <laughs> You're asking a great question. <laughs> it's actually a little more complicated than that. I have a version here and I want to rewrite it because I, I'm feeling that there's some more gems inside of me that have been burst over the last kind of intense months that have happened. I mean, just from a, I think that this whole experience you've all been in as a country and world has really brought up some more gifts. And so I just realized I wanted to make it stronger in certain ways. So I'm just rewriting parts of it basically right now. Well, that's perfect. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm, I'm hoping, my, my hoping, my intention would be hopefully later on this summer sometime. Yeah. Well, you have to, it has to feel right for you. You know, there's no yeah. rush. There's no rush. Right. Well, and I, I had a version a while ago that I'd sent to a few people, you know what I mean? And then I, it's, it's no, you know how you grow. I'm not your experience with books, but I'm not sure if, what your experience is like, but my experience is I write something and then I grow and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to update this because it gets old, like after you write it. <laughs> well, so 
<laughs> my recent book, I sent it to the publisher in April of 2020. I finished it in January Ooh. and then sat with it a couple of months. And I finally just said, I need to get this out there. And of course, now, you know, it was released <laughs> February 1st of this year. I can go back. There's so many things I could do add differently. And I'm like, okay, that's that's version number two. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I love that. Well, Sandy, I, I should definitely look for your book. I didn't know anything about it. No, but. that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners? Yeah, I mean, I would love to share about my relationship reset boot camps that I do for women. So it's really about women's empowerment in their relationships. So the focus is on really uncovering the triggers, the patterns that we have in relationship, maybe the myths that we bought, bought into, and also our own personal, I would say, style, um, ego-based style of relating. Those those really kind of ways that we show up when we're stressed out and so forth. So those, those patterns and helping unwind those patterns and then really creating a new way of relating that is more based on authenticity, really showing up and being true and true to oneself. And I go, I'm really into communication. So there's a lot also about how do you reveal and request uh, what you need um, in a conversation. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. I can I can think of so many, so many people that would benefit from that tremendously. I love so it. So it's it's at relationshipresetbootcamp.com. People want to check it out. And I would love to uh let people know more about it. If they're curious, they can always get a hold of me. Awesome. And your website is so it's my name, margozayer.com. M-A-R-G-O-T-Z is in zebra A-H-E-R.com. Awesome. This has been such a wonderful conversation, Margot, and there's so much benefit that you have offered the listeners. So thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Sandy. I've so enjoyed it. It's really been an honor to be here with you. Well, thank you. We'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Well, my goodness, she is one strong woman. And I hope that you were able to take one thing that she said and be able to apply it to your own life because she certainly has been through so much and she just shared so many valuable tools on dealing with grief and loss and especially divorce. So if you want to learn more about me, you can go to my website at sandyscarlotta.com. Please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Coach Sandy Scarlotta. My book, Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps, can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And as always, I hope that you and your family stay healthy and safe and that your life is filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Until next time, take care, everyone. Happiness.